0: What's up, guys? This is Clayton Hendricks with Hoops with Slim Shooter. Episode 9 this week. um, 30 teams in 30 weeks continuing this series, going through the history of the NBA, um, breaking down, you know, where teams come from, their history, their their players, you know, what they've meant to the league. This week is the Sacramento Kings. Um, The Sacramento Kings have had a pretty crazy history. Um, As I've done the research, they've bounced around a lot, had a lot of name changes um but they have had success they've had winning in their history um and a lot of incredible players that i loved what you know to watch growing up um in the early 2000s um so yeah the let's get started the you know sacramento kings were founded in 1923 in the national basketball league as the rochester seagrams Um, at this time they were located in upstate new york Um, And then in 1948, when they officially joined the NBA, they changed their name to the Rochester Royals, still being located in upstate New York. Um, They stayed there for nine more years after they joined the NBA. Um, And then in 1957, they relocated um, to Cincinnati and became the Cincinnati Royals. After being there for a while, um, they decided that, you know, they they weren't. Uh, being very profitable the NBA was uh, having some rough times Um, you know having difficulties with viewers and numbers and just you know making money for the organization so they decided to go ahead make the change and move to Kansas City in in 1972 Um, and at that time the team was playing half their games in Kansas City and half their games in Omaha, Nebraska. So the team was named Kansas City slash um, Omaha Kings. So this is when we first see the Kings come into play um, as a part of their name. Um, In 1977, they stopped playing games in Omaha, Nebraska and just were strictly in Kansas City. So they dropped the Omaha and and were just known as the Kansas City Kings. And then in 1985, moving now to Sacramento, as they are present day, known as the Sacramento Kings. So (laughs) a lot of name changes, a lot of history of where the Kings have been, where they came from. Um, So kind of a crazy history for the Kings. And if anybody has stuck with them through these times uh man definitely a diehard fan being able to stick with your team as they bounce around from city to city to city um but you know they can't the kings that's their history so um 19 1951 the kings as the as then were known as the cincinnati royals um got their one and only nba championship Um, now that 1951 championship team they they defeated the New York Knicks in a seven game series took it all the way to seven games Um, they they ended up beating the Knicks four to three in that series Um, but like I would like I said earlier with the league was going through some pretty tough times there in the 50s Um, not getting a whole lot of interest from the population Um, Of course, not like it is today. Um, The game, you know, obviously was more uh, strict. It wasn't as loose. There wasn't as much excitement to the game as it is today. Not, not, you know, not not a lot of style and flash and things that make you entertained when you watch basketball, you know, nowadays they they didn't have you know what i mean and so it it wasn't as appealing for viewers to watch and because of that um you know they ended up dismantling that team that 1951 championship team Um, a lot of guys split up i think they were only you know they were only allowed to or able to keep one of those guys um, from that championship team uh, on the roster and eventually you know because of that it it forced them to move from cincinnati to kansas city just because of just the lack of revenue um even from a championship team which is crazy because if a team these days goes to a championship they make a run they, they win especially being a small market team i mean that is going to boost everything for that organization um but it just wasn't a, wasn't the case back in those days so um but but still a great team and 1951 still a part of their history as an NBA champion so you know they can they can still have that a part of their legacy which is incredible um as a total the Sacramento Kings you know like I said they have that one championship they have one conference title which was from that 1951 season and then they've racked up three division titles 1979 oh two and oh three um so oh two oh three and you know oh one were were the king's best seasons um, besides that 1951 season so in the O1-02 season the kings uh set their best regular season record of 61 games uh 61 wins and 21 losses that season they were also first in the nba Uh, for the regular season they finished you know top of the top of the league their their roster was littered with full of talented players i mean vlade divak jason williams mike bibby um, chris weber you know hito turkalu bobby jackson you know young players that contributed um, you know rasheed wallace or i mean gerald wallace Um, i mean they, they had a squad they had an incredible team that was very very fun to watch doug christie i mean i remember watching this team um you know in the early 2000s and just loving to watch them because they were a team that was like they were talented um they meshed well together they fought every game and you know they just had some some guy they worked well together i mean I have I have a Sacramento Kings Mike Bibby jersey in my closet right now. Like Mike Bibby is one of my favorite players um for a number of reasons. I mean, he's he's an undersized guy that uh you know is an incredible player that is very intelligent, has a high basketball IQ and he just has like a never quit attitude on him. You know, he was just a fun player to watch, he orchestrated that team. Um obviously chris weber being the best player on that team you know chris weber is a you know five-time all-star he's uh you know he's one rookie of the year he's he's led the league in rebounds he's you know he averaged 29 and 4 for his career like chris weber was uh a phenomenal player that obviously was the best player on the team but you know for me i looked I, i i loved uh mike bibby I love Doug Christie. Um, I've always been someone who really enjoys watching players who know how to play defense. And Doug Christie was that lock-up defender who, um, you know, just played hard-nosed, tough basketball. And then he had that corner three. And that's kind of like, that's kind of how I've played played my game. I mean, I'm, I'm undersized. Um, but, you know, being someone who can knock down a three in a critical moment just being out there you know letting other game change type of players operate and kick it back out to you and know that they have confidence you're going to hit a shot i mean doug christie played that role perfectly um and you know that oh that oh one oh two kings team was an incredible team to watch and unfortunately they fell short you know they fell short in the western conference finals to the la lakers who went on to lose the NBA championship to the to the San Antonio Spurs that year? But um, a lot of people see that um, that Western Conference Finals as very controversial. Now, me being a younger kid at that time, I didn't. I guess I you know didn't really pay attention to all of, all of those things. So when I went back and did my research and kind of learning more about that series and what happened a lot of people were mad because of the foul dif- differential the the free throws that the la that the lakers got that that series and and how they felt like the refs were you know very swayed um to lean towards just trying to get the lakers that that western conference finals win and get them into the nba finals um you know i'm i am not one to tend to blame the refs or be on that you know be on that type of bandwagon what if or you know this is why we didn't win because at the end of the day you know you can't change it it happened um lakers got in and you didn't but i mean it is something to think about and it does make your it does kind of make your thoughts race um because the nba did you know shortly after you know in the in the mid2000s they had some scandals with refs and they went on a a, a really uh, deep investigation of referees and fixing games and you know stuff like that so I mean it could definitely be a possibility but you know at the end of the day they didn't win you know that nothing got changed you can't change uh, the final outcome that happened and they didn't make it you know and and that's kind of been the sacramento king's history um for a long time now you know they haven't been able to get over the hump you know uh that team that i named off they had incredible players and they had that 0102 the the 03 season following that like they had really good players but they just couldn't get over the hump you know they faced um there were some other teams in the league that were just more organized better coached and, and got the job done you know so um but they you know like i said they were really fun to watch play I, I really enjoyed that team so my favorite kings players in their history i'm gonna give you my top five favorite kings players starting like like i said with mike baby he's got to be my number one favorite uh, sacramento king of all time um not not necessarily the best sacramento king you know player but these are my favorite top five um him teaming up with chris weber and you know vlade divak and uh you know doug christie they were a very very great team and um you know mike bibby throughout his career he only averaged 14 3 and 5 but that style line really doesn't articulate what he meant to that franchise And the kind of floor general that he was orchestrating the pieces to that team, um, you know, putting people in the right positions, you know, like it, it, I I know that Chris Webber, you know, didn't need someone like Mike Bibby to make him good. But when you have a really, really great point guard who knows where to put the ball for you, knows where you're gonna be, and you guys have great chemistry, like that just amps your game up even more. So him and Chris Weber together with Doug Christie and Vladivoc, Kanito, Turkaloo, and you know all these guys, they had a great all the pieces, you know, and it just enhanced everyone's game around them. So Mike Baby is my number one favorite player. Number two, Ke- Kevin Martin, K mart oh man he kevin martin one of the best scorers and shooters that the nba has seen um known for his more unorthodox shooting motion uh but his his mad efficiency i mean this dude uh this dude you know he averaged 24 points a, you know Uh, per game in in a season he you know he has a 50 point game in his career Uh, he was extremely efficient he you know he would consistently shoot you know 35 to 45 percent from from the free throw line from the field um he was was lights out you know you you knew that when he had the ball and he he put it up it was more than likely going to go in uh so kevin martin was really fun to watch for me growing up um Doug Christie like I said you know just seeing his praises as like a defensive player a corner specialist um and then if you guys can remember he was known for his signature uh free throw routine where he you know put up a kiss to the rim every time he shot a free throw um same thing with Mike Bibby you know he he played his role so good with that team kind of like he reminds me of like bruce bowen how bruce bowen was with the spurs like he locked down on defense hit that corner three um knew his role knew what he needed to do and didn't try to do too much you know what i mean and so um you know i really enjoyed doug christie as a player um jason williams white chocolate man i mean jason williams you know known for as being like this dazzling point guard with a you know no looker you know, you know behind the back off his elbow passes and uh, wrap around wrap around moves that you know have defenders heads spinning uh i mean jason williams was crafty he was uh creative and very just you know finesse when he was going to the basket very fun player to watch and um if you if you haven't seen a lot of him and go look up his highlights because they are incredibly entertaining um he was with the sacramento kings young in his career um just starting off got it drafted to them and you know still learning he had a lot of uh off the court issues that he was dealing with drug issues um you know got suspended for some games because of that uh you know anger issues that have got him suspended and fined by the nba uh early in his career but i think that the type of that the player that jason williams grew into be it was because of him being on this sacramento team uh, with these incredible players that kind of groomed him probably gave him tons of advice and support and helped him become a professional to kind of get out of some of that stuff that he struggled with and then he went on to my you know miami and won i won a ring uh with Dwayne wade you know he's an nba champion and known as being an incredible player um but he got his start in sacramento and i think truly the player that he is today or became later on in his career is because of that team he was surrounded by um when with those great players so uh, and then my and then my fifth favorite player from the Sacramento Kings, Chris Webber. I mean, you can't leave Chris Webber off a Sacramento Kings list. Um, like I said, he was Rookie of the Year in 1994, a five-time All-Star, led the league in rebounds in 1999, averaged 29-4 for his career. Um, the rock for those teams that almost made it to the finals and uh, got over those humps was Chris Webber. I mean, known for coming out of college from Michigan in that Fab Five, uh, you know, had had um, a lot of uh, people knew about him before he was even in the NBA. You know, the Fab Five from Michigan was extremely, you know, documented and and televised and and people people knew who Chris Webber was, what he was going to bring to the NBA um but i feel like you know like with all really hyped up players in college people probably had their doubts but he definitely he proved them wrong you know and after the you know the pretty embarrassing moment that he had in in the college uh national championship game you know calling the timeout and you know and getting the technical for michigan and kind of kind of destroying their chance at winning winning that championship like he totally brushed that off came into the nba with uh like a fresh fresh start new beginnings type of attitude and just killed it you know this i mean chris river was a powerhouse player um who was going to you know he was going to dominate night in and night out and, and that's what he did so that's my favorite you know it's my top five favorite players from the sacramento kings and that's just like kind of a, a brief history rundown for this team um i hope you guys are continuing to enjoy this series the 30 teams in 30 weeks going through the nba um i'm learning a lot hope you're learning a lot when you love the game of basketball and when you love the nba you want to learn more about what you love you know, so I hope you're enjoying it, I'm going to continue this series next week, staying in the West, Um, and yeah, so this is your, this has been your 30 teams in 30 weeks, Sacramento Kings. so we're going to get into the NBA league news this week um not a whole lot to report this week um you know they're continuing the league is continuing to put out little tidbits of um what Orlando what the restart in Orlando is going to look like um you know ESPN put out some some photos of uh the courts and just kind of like a sneak peek into what things are going to look at look like they uh released the full schedule for all the seating games and um you know what things are going to look like leading up to the playoffs and and uh you know what this what everything could shake down to be um when that starts so one disappointing thing Um, for me for the nba is that of course you know as a fan we've all been waiting for this moment at the end of this month when games are going to restart but it seems like the nba has not um, figured out how to get all these games televised Um, they're continuing obviously to use espn abc uh, tnt all these nationally broadcasted channels to give us these games but you know they're not sh- they're not going to show all these games on, on they're not going to show them all like you're not going to be able to watch of uh, the majority of these games you're not going to be able to watch um and that's just co- that's completely disappointing because um I mean, me as a Spurs fan, looking up their schedule and seeing that, like, only one or two of their games from these eight seeding games is going to be televised. I'm like, first of all, there's not going to be fans in the stands to cheer to cheer these, these guys on. And what, we're just going to have to wait until the next day or after the game's over to get an update on ESPN to see how things went and get, like, a little highlight video? Like... It's very disappointing that they that they haven't figured this out. I mean, I feel like they need to capitalize on making every game available for every fan that wants to watch their team try to make the playoffs and try to, you know, with this whole restart. I mean, there's NBA fans are itching for content. We're itching to watch games again, live games that are happening right then and there. With the players that we love to watch and um you know so still i'm i've still been doing some research kind of looking into what it looks like if there's going to be local you know like a spurs local team from san antonio coming to orlando to be able to broadcast um on you know, on their local network so that spurs fans in san antonio can get the games you know um i did see that oklahoma city uh on like fox uh fox southwest they're gonna have all the oklahoma city games televised so i'm hoping that that's kind of what they'll be doing but as you know a fan that's here in la of a texas team like i'd like somehow to figure out access to where i could watch it as well so i really hope they figure that out but other than that like that's kind of what's going on right now i know that um We all know that with the reopening process across the country there has been outbreaks of cases for for the coronavirus everywhere um people are getting laxed on wearing masks and um, the the spread of this virus is just blowing up once again and um it's something that i feel like the nba had to have thought about had to have you know predicted that this was going to happen um but adam silver has discussed the fact that you know florida in particular has had a very significant increase in cases um it could affect the restart of this whole bubble um concept and getting teams back on on the court officially so um, they continue like i said to come out with details but adam silver did say that it could be a possibility to stop Um, this whole thing you know in its tracks and not have a restart to the season so um, you know let's just hope that they you know people get under control they start wearing their masks and just do what you need to do to protect not only you but think about the person think about all the people that you're coming in contact with when you're going to work when you're going to the store whatever it may be be courteous and wear a mask to help everyone be safe you know